Welcome to Gut Wisdom, a show about work, life, and how to succeed in both. It's radio that resonates. Gut Wisdom is sponsored by the Gelb Center. Don't lose another night's sleep. Visit the sleep and wellness experts at gelbcenter.com. Now, here are your hosts, Deirdre Koppelman and J.G. John Gassman. Welcome to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co-host, John Gassman. No, you're back. I am back. It was lonely last week without you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Guess who's here with us tonight? Izzy Sanchez. We have Izzy Sanchez. Listeners, you are going to appreciate this, we think, because Izzy is president of Elite Music Group, which is really now Music Is Entertainment, one of the most respected music, marketing, and promotion companies in the music industry. And we are blessed to have Izzy with us tonight in studio because we... We have to think that after, what is it, 40-some-odd years, there, 42 years, I just got the peace sign, 42 years in the music industry, not only has Izzy survived, he has thrived, and he's got a lot of wisdoms from some of the brightest stars that he has worked with in, in all of these decades, so we're so excited to have him. So cool to have Izzy here. He's quite the music industry veteran with over... What did you say, 42? It's 42 years, yeah. That experience of dealing with top record labels like Atlantic mm-hmm. Records, Columbia Records, mm-hmm. and a variety of others before he started his own. Mm-hmm. How'd you meet him? Well, you know me, JG, typical Deirdre fashion. Uh, I was taking the uh, red eye from LAX to JFK one yep. night many years ago, a couple of years ago, two, 2015. And I was on JetBlue, my favorite, and they have these seats called mint seats that actually, if you take the red eye, highly recommend it because you can actually lay down and go to sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. Snore. And what happened was, so Izzy was also flying mint from LAX to JFK. Yeah. He was coming back from the Grammys and we were seatmates. We were sitting next to each other and neither one of us slept a wink at all. And what was fascinating was I actually remember part of the conversation with him was like, I was telling him about the concept of gut wisdom. So to have him here with us tonight is just amazing. So stay tuned. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Hey, it's Gut Wisdom. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co-host, John Gassman, a.k.a. JG. Tonight we are here in studio. It's Labor Day weekend, and we are in studio with Izzy Sanchez. Woof. Woof. Yeah. Yeah, Izzy. Yeah, Izzy. Izzy is a music industry promoter and guru who's worked very closely with artists, just to name a few. Uh, Puff Daddy, other one was known as P. Diddy. Uh, Faith Evans, Fat Joe, Kelly Rowland, Sean Paul. Wow. Endless, endless amount of artists Quite that an he's entourage. worked with. An entourage over the last 42 years in the music industry. And not only has he uh, survived, he has thrived. And he's going to share with us wisdoms about life in general, how, how you make it 42 years in an industry that is ever-changing, very challenging, highly competitive and maybe even a little backstabbing so mm. we're gonna we're gonna learn a little bit cutthroat would be the operative it, word okay yeah. there you go cutthroat i love it cutthroat. So, so you were sharing right before we went on the break how you guys actually met you were returning from deirdre was returning from the grammys well you too returning from the grammys oh, oh, yeah. yeah i wasn't let's at get the, the grammys yeah, yeah let's get the izzy, facts straight izzy, what, what went on that night what were you thinking 
I was thinking I was going to get some sleep because we'd been partying hard <laughs> for about two days. Not next But to I Deirdre. also have serious issues sleeping on planes in general, yeah. mm. whether it's a red eye or not. Almost to the point where my doctor doesn't want me taking red eyes. Yeah. He says it's not healthy for me. But there um, we were. But we were there. It was a 12 I think mid- you were sitting for. You were seated first. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a 12 o'clock midnight flight that got us in around 6.30 into JFK. Yeah. So I figured I was going to be awake for a couple of hours and sleep a couple of hours. But we got into this heavy conversation that was very enlightening to me also because you were asking me questions about how I survived and how I persevered in this business. And I gave you some insight, and you thought it was a great for me to be a part of this show, which was just in conceptual stage. At that exactly. Point. So yeah. pure strangers on a red eye. And uh, here we are today uh, where the concept has become a reality. And I cannot believe how uh, lucky we are to have you. Thank you. I yes. appreciate I, I, I'm honored to be here, actually. I don't, I don't get much of a chance to educate anybody outside of my clients and my peers in the business. So right. this is open to the general public. And hopefully, as you said earlier, I can educate and hopefully send some wisdom somebody's way. Absolutely. And, you know, it's fascinating how, you know, so many kids, young kids, impressionable, think they could be the next great gymnast, athlete or whatever. And then, you know. They're surrounded by friends, family, whoever, and they're told, no, no, that's not what you're going to be, and you can't do this, and you can't do that, and, you know, a new reality sets in, and here it is. You started, tell us a little bit from where you started and how you became who you are today, because you're an inspiration to a lot I'm of people. I'm going to try to make this as short as possible, because there's a lot I can talk about <laughs> after 42 years. Well, I'm watching, I'll, I'll, give, I'm you watching how, the I'll give you how it started. I was a 16-year-old college kid. I did a junior high school in two years, and I did high school in two years. Ooh. I was from the South Bronx, very impoverished. Area. Yeah, the Bronx. In the, in the 70s, no less, when it was drugs and gangsters everywhere. And my parents stressed education, so I was a, a straight-A student, whether I liked it or not. I never missed any classes, never missed any days. Um, I was out of my element, though, in college. I went to college in New Hampshire, mm. um, it was a, a basically a camp for rich kids, mm. but I was there on an on a educational scholarship, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I was paid um, a stipend every month from a minority internship program here in New York called Model Cities. It was a, a place where they took kids who were very smart and tried their best to send them away to colleges right. and stuff, so I was one of those students um, as a 16-year-old, way out of my element. Coming from the Bronx and going to New Hampshire to school. Oh, my goodness. Culture shock. 34-foot snowdrifts. I used to have a joke. I go, everything is white here. The dogs, the pigeons, the cars. I stood out like a turd in the snow. And I'm sorry if I couldn't say that, but I just did. You can. You can. So far, you're um, okay. We don't so have to bleep you out yet. After my freshman year of college, and I was so homesick, um, I was basically the entertainment um, manager for the college by default. Oh, you were the CEO, the chief entertainment no, officer. No, I just happened to have all the records and the music, <laughs> and whenever they threw a party, they wanted me to play the music. <laughs> Knowing I was a, a DJ at the age of 12, uh, playing in the parks in the Bronx just to keep kids active at night. I think Grandmaster Flash started that way also. Wow. And so did Cool Herc and a lot of those old school guys from the 70s and 80s. That's great. Um, so I was always into music, and I used the money that was paid to me as a stipend to buy books mm-hmm. to go to Boston to buy records. <laughs> So I came back. I actually saw Cool and the Gang of the Jazz Band at Paul's Mall in 1973 in Boston. Vinyls. As a jazz band. They weren't even what they turned out to be eventually. Um, Then I came back to New York, and there was a program at CBS 
called the, the CBS Minority Internship Program, where they took students who lived in New York but went to school outside of New York, mm-hmm. and they correlated their majors with the department internally at CBS. So if you were an accounting major, they put you in the accounting department. If you right. were an art major, they put you in the art department. I majored in communication, so they had no idea where to put me. And by luck, they made me, they put me in the product management department. By mm. definition, that's taking the product from beginning to end. So I learned all the aspects of the music industry in a really hard crash course in two months. Wow. And I was supposed to go back to school, and I put on this Oscar-winning performance to say my scholarship had been canceled. <laughs> I, I can't go back to school, and they didn't want to send me anyway because I was editing Dylan's Hurricane. I edited Chicago's Greatest Hits. Wow. And there was a point where they were just sending me to do stuff, and I, didn't, I never said no. And that was one of the things I was going to say later Wisdom. in the show. One of the wizards is never say no to anything that's asked of you. If you get it wrong the first time, just make sure you don't get it wrong the second time. Learn Great from, wisdom. from the first time. So I went in there, started doing studio stuff and production work. Um, then Atlantic Records, a year later, a year and a half later, asked me to be the head of their dance department. Little did I know that I was inheriting Aretha Franklin, Roberta Flack, Donny Hathaway, the average white band, hot chocolate. I mean, the list is endless. Yeah. I, I was the head of the dance department, so, which was called disco back then. Okay, that I remember. Take the word, but. Um, I ran the department for five years at Atlantic. I was like a kid in a candy store for all intents and purposes. I had the biggest artist in the world. We were the first major label to enter into the disco era. era. Um, right. It was all independence back then, TK Records, West End Records. Uh, we were the first major label, and we were a force to be reckoned with because of the type of artist that we had. I also had Bette Midler, ABBA, um, Jesus Christ, the list is just endless. And then I, we ended up signing the Tramps, CJ and Company, Cerrone. We ended up signing Sheik, now Rogers, and and Sheik. And so, of of all, from that from those early years, those early year experiences and interactions that you had, was there anybody that stuck out that even today that that was an inspiration for you to persevere to keep it? I mean, obviously, you loved music, you loved the music industry, and you weren't going to say no to anything. But were there any? Artist, anybody in particular there was back one then? one particular individual at Columbia Records back then. His name was Don DeVito. He's since passed away a few years ago. He was still in the A&R department 30 years later, almost like an honored A&R guy because he had been there for so long. He's the one who signed Dylan and Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. and Chicago. So um, he was the first one who walked into my office and just looked at me and goes, I see you love music. What would you do for this? What would you do for this? And he started asking me like I was an important, I was an intern. Wow basically, but he heard me play music all the time. Um, and he's the first one that said, I want, you know, put together a package of what you think Chicago's greatest hits should be. Because he heard me play in Chicago in my office all the time. <laughs> and I did come up with the 10 records. He said, okay, go in the studio and cut it. And if you remember back then, Beginnings and 25 or 6 to 4 were nine-minute records. So I had to shorten those up mm-hmm. to three-minute records. And what you hear today on CBS FM when they play 25 or 6 to 4, yeah. those are my edits. Are you a genius? No, not, not at all. Not even close. I make many mistakes. I learn every day, even being around 42 years. Still. Yeah. So Don DeVito gave me that inspiration to just conquer the world. And again, I I was Hispanic in an all-white industry. Um, uh, What I chose to do was to treat people the way I wanted to be treated, with Mm. respect, um, with the intelligence that I had. And I didn't want anybody to treat me differently because I was Hispanic because I was young. I, I knew my stuff. I was really good. And Atlantic found that out real quickly and sucked me up and took me for five years. And so even today, you're still Hispanic. I'm still Jewish. 
and still 5'10 with, although I don't have the Dorothy Hamill haircut anymore from <laughs> no, the disco. I'd have paid to see that picture, by the way. I have one. I'm going to send it to you. You won't recognize me. I, I know a guy with a Dorothy Hamill I, haircut. How's that? <laughs> that was the look. I looked like a boy. As a matter of fact, I think I even remember somebody asking me, um, excuse me, son. You know, one of those. Wasn't that was, called a page boy except it had bangs, right? It Kinda? was called the Dorothy Hamill. That's all <laughs> I that's know. all I know. That's and, what we called them. And she was, you know, that famous figure skater and I can tell you I looked nothing like Dorothy she Hamill was other than woman. other than her that mop of a little thing that was on top of my head. <laughs> but here's the thing. We're still who we are, right? We've grown, we've had experiences, we've we've made those mistakes. But the wisdoms that we learn from those mistakes, I think the key is learning from your mistakes, right, so that you Absolutely. don't make them again. Absolutely. Um, and if you make them twice, I think you have to take a step back and say, hmm, what? You're putting your finger up, JJ. Yeah, and I love the fact that this DeVito fellow came to him and gave him the opportunity and elicited from him advice and counsel and said, hey, let's collaborate. What would you do? And often inside of companies, do you see that happening? You know, where I think, the millennials or the Gen Zs are asked to participate or well, that's, what's their opinion? They're too busy staring at the screen. Well, I don't think you can blame the millennials. I'll go back to when I was working, and I probably had my first job, call it in a furniture store at Siemens, you know, dusting furniture when I was 14. But when I had a real job when I was in college, that was in the 80s, early 80s, they gave me a lot of responsibility. freedom, a lot of responsibility. They had nobody to create a marketing plan. Hey, do you want to create? And I never said no, Right. Okay, sure. I think part of the issue now is not just the fact that you call them millennials. I think part of the problem is we, uh, as older folk, are not necessarily giving up a lot of the control and responsibility, and that's why they're not getting these And things. I share this with you. Responsibility is taken, not given. Yes, and I do. And they have to step up to the plate and, and take, take, it. It, take it on. But you have to give it. Well, the idea is that they want to do adult things at an early age, but don't want to take the adult responsibilities for it. Mm. So as when we were growing up, and the responsibilities we took, we carried into our future. Well, we didn't have a choice. We didn't have a choice. There's so many choices now with the amount of uh, internet platforms out there and all those things that you can do now with the yeah. World Wide Web that yeah. just expands your horizons, but it also filters out the possibilities for you. That's a good, very good point, J.J., I agree. I think we should get his daughter to participate in yes. this and ask for her feedback and input. Kristen oh. is waving with her, her That's ears Izzy's on daughter, saying, everybody. saying well, nah, Just nah, to give you nah. one more insight, because I did mention Don DeVito, but you have to remember back then, Chicago was one of the biggest artists in the world. And for him to entrust me with that kind of an artist. It's huge. Was, was totally huge. And so, he backed me up on it, too. I, all right. So you hold on there a minute, Mr. Wonderful. That's what I'm going to call you. Forget Mr. about Wonderful. the guy. From, He's on Shark Tank. Forget about the guy from Shark no. Tank. You are our gut wisdom, Mr. Wonderful. We have, by the way, it's Labor Day weekend. Cannot even believe that. Aww. I don't know if I want to clap or not. Yes. But we have a special, and it's our last summer gut wisdom giveaway. So here's what our listeners get an opportunity to have. JG and I, you are not going to believe this book. It is all about mastering leadership for life. I'm reading the draft of it now. Um, I'm Even I'm like, wow, this is a pretty good book. So if you'd like to reserve a signed copy, I'd like you to email me. And or if you'd like to be at our next Gut Wisdom Live event, Tuesday night, September 19th, VIP passes for you and a guest. Please email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M dot com. And we are coming back with Izzy. 
Stay tuned. Introducing Play.it, a podcast network like no other. At Play.it, you can hear your favorite WCBS features on demand. In the WCBS Eye on Politics. I'm Pat Farnack with the WCBS Health and Wellbeing Report. I'm Steve Greenberg talking about your next job. Hear those and more from WCBS when you need it. Plus, great content from other CBS stations. For the best in news, sports, business, and tips for your lifestyle, go to Play.it today. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates on WCBS. And I am here. I am John Gaffin. You sure are here. Yes. And you are finally back. It I was am so here, lonely too. last week without you. I didn't know what to do or what to say. Deirdre is back in the house. Nice. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes. Right? Is that how uh, it goes? No, it's a little... That's kind of like... I'm not urban enough for... Who, who, who? Oh, my God. You, know. you sound like a monkey. Anyways, we have live in studio <laughs> Izzy Sanchez, and uh, we are blessed with Izzy's wisdoms. He shared a little bit about growing up, yes. where he came from, what he's done, what he's doing. And for those of you that don't know who Izzy is, you should definitely check him out on Instagram, social media, Facebook, all of that stuff. He's the president of Elite Music Group, Music IS, or Is Entertainment, mm-hmm. one of the most respected music marketing and promotional companies in the music industry today. And he has worked with some incredible people. Indeed. I mean, what a list. Izzy. Yes, Welcome yes. back. Look, welcome well, you back. You only have the people that I work for currently. Uh, if you go back several decades, I can't believe I just said that, you'll see there's a mix in there of some pretty great people also. Izzy, we want, we want name the top five. Rolling Stones. Uh-huh. Manhattan Transfer. Love them. Mm. Nelly. Nelly, love Nelly. Uh, there was his record, Everything But The Girl, Missing You, which was a huge record in the UK and eventually was a huge record here. It lasted almost two years here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my pride and joys because that record was over and about to end and my company and my staff decided we were going to push through and the label was begging us to stop and we just kept on. By the end of the project, everybody took credit for it because it ended up being a huge hit. But the one person who hired me at Atlantic Records says, you, the, you. you did this. And it's your fault that we had to work this record for another two years. So she wasn't too happy either. But you love it. You have such passion look at, for look what at you him. do. He's, he's glowing. He's smiling. He, he's, he's like totally pumped. Well, those records remind me of yeah. the effort. And regardless of what I get paid, it's always nice to get that little pat on the back from your clients saying you did a great job. Because I'm going to get paid whether records work or don't work. But there's a pride, and, yeah. you know that I, that I appreciate when records do pan out, and I'm either partially responsible, indirectly responsible, or directly responsible. It's it's something that we carry with pride, and we talk about those records all the time. I have a friend of mine who's still saying Robin, uh, was it Robin? Robin S. Show Me Love was the mm. number one record in 1994. That was. 22 years ago, but she still talks about it because sure. it's his pride and joy. That's the record yeah. that he felt most responsible for. And I guess I share the same sentiment. Of of passion and pride yes. in what you do. Yeah. Well, I've started many careers, Aaliyah, Nicki Minaj. Um, wow, I could go back to Captain Hollywood. <laughs> some records you people may not know, some people, records you may know. Um, but I also worked with um, Chic. Uh, in their inception, and they mm. had the largest selling single in Warner Brothers history for about ten years, mm. eleven years until Madonna broke it in the nineties with "Freak Out." Oh, I oh "Freak Out!" That record <laughs> that was that made me a hero. I was I was like, so I'm, what? What life lessons? Because the show got wisdom, right? It's all about taking wisdoms 
that our guests or JG and I bring to the table, sharing it with listeners because we really believe that everybody can learn something from, from someone other. else and from each other. Correct. So what life lessons, maybe top, let's say the top two life lessons that you've brought with you for all of these 40 plus years in the music industry, an industry that is not easy to survive in, not easy to thrive in. Uh, some might call it cutthroat. Some might say yep. it's, you know, obviously highly competitive and yet you've made it and you've made it more than once and you've had a lot of ups and downs like everybody else, right? Everybody, no matter when, it, what, no matter what industry, ups and downs. So what are the things that you would bring with you forward? What like top two lessons have you learned in the 40 plus years in this crazy business that you're in? The first one that comes to mind for me would be what I consider to be the backbone in the industry, and that's the relationships that you have with the people you're dealing with, whether they be radio people, label people. Um, those turn into lifelong friendships eventually, not just business relationships. And they end up, you end up meeting family, so it becomes very personal after a while. And as long as you continue to nurture those relationships and you keep them, you grow with those people. That that guy was an intern at Atlantic Records. Now he's the VP of programming. Now mm. I'm asking him for work all of a sudden. But he remembers that when he was a male guy that I treated him really nice and I gave him respect and I treated him like, like a real person. Yeah. It comes back to kind of, you know. It doesn't always, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I feel good about it as long as I feel good about exactly. it. Exactly. I'm fine. So okay, relationships, so relationships would be one of them. The second one is making sure that you super serve your clients that you do a good job for them. The repeat business in the music industry is probably the best way to go. Anybody can work one record. If it doesn't work, you kind of disappear. Sure. Uh, the artist can also, but I'm still going to be here, so I have to make sure I do a good job for all of my clients over a long period of time. So I equate longevity with success. Being around 42 years tells me I've been doing something right or else. Yeah. I mean, regardless of the medical Absolutely. issues or personal issues that come about in your, in your daily life, that you still go to this job and enjoy doing it. Yeah. If you, I'm lucky enough. Not everybody gets the opportunity to be in a business that they love, um, that they feel passionate about. I grew up with music. music. Um, it's in my blood. It's in my soul. It's in my heart. And I think it's always going to be there until I'm gone. And the day I stop having fun doing this is the day I am gone. Right. The day you stop it. So if you're not having fun, don't do it. If you're not having fun, don't do it. And again, like I said, not everybody gets the opportunity to have fun at what yeah. they do. You know, I'm sure the guy at the toll booth is not too happy sitting there eight hours a day. You know, it you, depends. I, I've, I've actually, you know, I stop and talk to the toll booth people. I do also. I was saying, I talk to total strangers in the well, street. Well, I know that's how we met. Yeah, we, uh, total you strangers, and I, uh, thirty like thousand in that way, yes. yes, and some he people couldn't get away from you. That was it. Well, no, we that's not really. In the seat. <laughs> I have to talk to this lady. Oh my God, what am I going to do? If I had ran, if I had sat in the aisle seat, I probably would have ran away. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't I, believe you. No, I was kidding. We and I asked you earlier when we first saw each other today. Do you remember? Did we have drinks and you didn't remember? And I said, well. If you don't remember, remember, that means drinking. we drank too much. But maybe I, <laughs> I may have had a cocktail on the plane, but I don't know. I, I know think, I was drinking vodka for sure, so you I, may have had a glass of I wine I remember or having very, very deep conversation with you and thinking to myself, what an open gentleman. Well, you asked me some very personal questions. <laughs> Did I? Oh, yes. You oh, asked yeah. me if there's one thing that I can change in my business, what would Ooh. that be? You asked me if there's one thing. What was it? You remember that? Yeah, sure I do. What's wrong with me? Did you think, like, what's wrong with this chick? No, I was more than happy to answer that question. It was probably a release for me because I don't get to talk to many people about 
those issues, uh, the internal running of my company, what makes me happy, what doesn't. Um, those, those are very personal questions to me. Even my peers don't ask me that. And, you know, I, I ask those questions just in case our listeners are wondering what I do. I don't hop on red eyes just to start asking people questions. Stop. I'm stop, very wait. interested. No, no, no. Oh, Hold stop. on. He's going to contradict we, that. Yes, I am, because we flew back. You don't remember. You weren't on this flight. No, but how did we meet our friend? Do you remember? Unfortunately, he passed away. Oh, Fred. Fred. Oh, that was also we on sat- a West Coast to East Coast flight. Yeah, oh, yeah, red eye, and you got up and started schmoozing with him and started asking no, him no, questions. No, 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 Where no. are you from? Sorry, JJ. What do you love doing about But I do the JJ. same thing. Where I don't care who's sitting next to me. I don't care what line of work you're in. I don't care where you come from. Exactly. I'm going to strike up a conversation yeah. to make my flight Hopefully yours a little bit more enjoyable. And I'm, totally. and me striking up conversation is more so because I love to learn and I love to learn from other people. I I am the first By one. By the and same token, I like to educate. So when right. you ask me questions like that, if I feel like I'm helping you and educating you, then I'm all for it. So do you remember this question, Izzy, on that plane, right? LAX to JFK, Red Eye, JetBlue, Mint. Maybe there was a cocktail. Maybe there wasn't. Couple. Here was the magic question. Do you remember? No, fire away. Okay. Gut. gut. Do you trust your gut instinct? More than you could ever imagine. Wait, first do you remember that question? Oh, I remember the question. (laughs) I remember the question distinctly because we were talking about the concept of your show being a gut wisdom kind of show. I think, if I remember correctly, my, my answer to that was that I use it far more now than I ever did, mm-hmm. but back then, that's all we ever did. There were no analytics. There weren't any stats or, or data to go along with, with perception. Now I use that as a tool, but not the overriding decision and, and my my decision-making So how do process. you know, okay, so how do you know if you're working with an artist, a new artist, and it's your job, they come to you, just so everybody knows who's listening, your job is to take uh, a piece of music, right, and promote it and get it to the top of the charts and get the awareness out there and get the publicity out there. And that means everything, right? That means bringing it to 9 million radio stations and getting them to play it. And it means events, right? Am I getting it right? Events, concerts, promo tours, um, just about anything we can do for exposure. So how do you, so do you trust your gut? Like how, let's say I came to you and I did a record. I mean, and let's say I have some talent behind me, right? Which you do. Okay. I've heard you sing. Sure. And you always tell me to shut up. Um, <laughs> you're like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. But let's say Anyways. I have talent and I have a record or a single and I want somebody to help me promote it and I come to you. What part of your gut instinct, if at any at all, are you using to decide? The first thing I use is my gut because I have to hear that record and decide, is it competitive? Are the people going to be competitive? Do they have an infrastructure to be able to be competitive? I could only gauge the record on my gut, knowing what else is out there and what the competition is, to know if I can be competitive. Mm-hmm. Then the answers of financial stability, uh, infrastructure, determination. I, I don't deal with too many people that just have one record and don't want to think it's a number one record, and if it doesn't, they disappear. So how is this different like Simon Cowell. I want to meet Simon, mm-hmm. by the way. Anybody who's listening, if you like me, can you please introduce me to Simon Cowell? I love him. <laughs> Jeez, I have no comment. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay for me to right? have thoughts I don't express. He found artists like... Um, but he had platforms to do so. He had shows. Right. Of talent contests. 
I don't have the well I have in the past in some in some places but for the most part I'm listening to brand new music from brand new artists or new music from established artists and I have to pass critique on it whether I think it's feasible enough to spend the amount of money and financially time. that goes behind marketing and promoting an artist. In today's environment, you could spend a quarter of a million dollars with an artist and the record not pan out. Mm -hmm. If you use it as a building block, then yes, yes. you can see the career go further on and try yes. to recoup what you spent. If not, you just lost a quarter of a million dollars and the artist is gone and dropping the label. Like so that. is a good way to help you, because we're always interested in helping, is a good way to help you to have budding artists find you? I'm not sure I understand the question. F find, find me as in solicit my services? Yeah. Uh, well, if you have any connections in the music industry at all, You'll, you can find out who I am really quickly. Yeah. I mean, I've been around for a long time. So That's true. If you go to a recording studio in L.A. and you ask somebody, hey, uh, I want to send my record to radio, nine out of ten times is my Sanchez. name you're going to spit out, especially if it's a brand-new independent artist. Yeah. Now, when they come to me, again, the decision-making process has a lot of variables that include the potential of the record, the financing, the structure. Uh, can they afford a PR person? Are they going to hire and make a video? Mm. Uh, are they going to be able to go on the road on a tour bus for 20 days and spend money in hotels, per diems, travel, and all those other things that go along with it? Right. Interesting. Very interesting world. JJ? Amazing. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm listening. I'm learning. See? It's good for you to learn sometimes, JJ. I'm on the learning team. Um, what do you want to say about drama? Because I know we've got a book. We've got another book. We've yes. got all these things that you are typically jumping up and down, but you look so engrossed. Way more interesting than our book, but I will talk about the book. Okay, go. Right. Everybody's got drama in their lives. I do, you do, we all do. Is it you have drama in your life ever? You know, vic yes. victims, I, I'm a three-time heart attack patient from the drama and the stress mm. that's brought about being in this business. So my drama is very deep. Okay. Well, listen, we have a present for you because Deirdre and I got together some time ago. We wrote a book. You got some Lipitor? It's <laughs> no, it's a quick down and dirty book to help folks easily remove drama from their lives. And it's called Gut Wisdom, Say Goodbye to Drama. And it's available on Amazon. You could get it on Amazon. But we'll you know what? No, no, no. We're going to give you a signed copy. <laughs> You're a special guy. You're just going to sign it for you. Uh, how's your sleep issues, JJ? Much better. I heard uh, you Dr. had- Dr. Gelb set me straight. Yeah, what did he do for you? He, he showed me the promised land. Did he figure out why you're waking up so many times during the night and why you're so exhausted during the day? And why I'm grumpy and moody. Yeah. What did he do for you? Tell us about Dr. Michael Galb. What a rock star. Wrote a great book, Gasp, Airway to Health, right? Which, by the way, we have, if any of our listeners have sleep issues, if you're waking up, even if you're waking up because you're snoring in the middle of the night or you've actually slept the whole night and you wake up and you are just not feeling rejuvenated, Dr. Michael Gelb, uh, a guest of ours last week, wrote a book and uh, it's an ebook, and we are happy to send that to you if you email me at dk at gutwisdom.com uh, and he'll create a personalized comprehensive plan to help you evaluate how restful your sleep is yep. how energized you are in the morning and he'll diagnose for you and prescribe exactly what you need to do to be on top of your game listen it's it's all about your health and sleep is uh, your health is your wealth your health is your wealth and, and you've got to be on top of uh, how you're sleeping so again email me at dkgutwisdom.com for more information on Dr. Gelb's book 
And a little bit later on in the show, we will have uh, a special gut wisdom uh, consultation special for you. Stay tuned. Coming back with Izzy. When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com, and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. And we're back. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's got wisdom. We're chatting with Izzy Sanchez. I'm Deirdre Koppelman. Here with JG, if you're just tuning in, we've got music industry promoter and guru Izzy with us tonight, who I met on a JetBlue mint red-eye flight when Izzy was coming back from the Grammys a couple of years ago, and lucky us, we got to sit next to each other, and instead of sleeping uh, the whole flight back, well, look, we became the best of friends, and here he is with us on Gut Wisdom, and we're talking about some very cool wisdoms that can apply to everybody about things that happen in life, things that happen in business. Izzy's in that music industry, 42 years, thriving. God bless. God bless is right. You. And, <laughs> you know, Izzy, I, I'm curious, knowing what you know about life today at this age, after 42 years in the music industry, if you had the chance, what would you tell your younger self? Would you Would you have done it? To any- pace yourself. Okay. <laughs> Well, again, I have because it's 42 years, but there were some periods in the late 70s, early 80s in New York that was almost like Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. I don't know if you remember that. Studio, that Studio 54, 54, the whole thing, and I was a part <laughs> of that. And Is that like when Xenon was around? Xenon and Magique, and then the Cat places Club. where everybody would go when those places closed down, the after-hours clubs, the AMPMs, the Crisco Discos that opened up at 4 without liquor licenses, serving mm-hmm. liquor to... Celebrities, and that would include Mick Jagger, Bianca Jagger, um, Jacqueline Bissett, Brooke Shields at a very young age, Drew wow. Barrymore at a very young age, and just hanging out. I don't out think I was allowed in those places. Oh. I did go to Xenon's, though, once. Xenon was owned by Howard Stein, and mm-hmm. I was in that club. One of the DJs that Tony Smith was one of my dearest friends, and I loved the way he played music and who he was catering to. He was catering to more of a jet set crowd. There wasn't a music buying crowd, but they had great taste in music and knew what was good and what was bad. So I don't go to clubs to dance. I go to clubs to, to observe, mm. to see the reactions to music, to see sure. people's faces and how a floor fills up when a specific record comes on. Right. And that's the type of music that I want to be able to have to do the same exact thing. Right. So mm-hmm. one thing that you would tell your younger self would be to pace yourself. Pace yourself. And, and don't get caught up in the glamour of the business because... Yeah, people look at me and say, oh, you're in the music business. Oh, wow, wow, you must be having a ball. Yeah, it can be a ball, but it's very stressful also because I work for some big clients, Puff Daddy, who's very demanding, and the cash money guys who are b- almost billionaires, and those guys are demanding, and you have to do what they tell you to do and do it right and do it good, or else you just won't be doing it anymore for them. Yeah. So it, it is stressful. Don't get caught up in the glamour of it. There's a, there's a business here. And that's where the money's made on the business side. It's not on the glamour side. So if you want to be a party animal, you want to go hang out at clubs, knock yourself out. That's not part of the business. And I think that's applicable to any business. There's no glamour. Look, we have a radio show. Is this glamorous, JG? No. Well, you look glamorous in your no. pink shirt on Labor Day weekend. With my sunglasses. With your sunglasses. Coming shades, from the beach. Shades. Shades. It's all, it's all hard work. The fact is, I don't believe anybody gets... You're not getting anywhere fast. Um, oh, oh, unless I, oh, you work your thing. tail off. Yeah, yeah. Tell I, us. I have a sign in my office that, that 
I've had in my office, I think for now 25 plus years, and, and it reads, those that cease to change in, the, in a changing environment will cease to exist. So learn to adapt. Music is trendy. So every four or five years, you start to see a musical trend. You see a new injection of younger executives come in. And you kind of have to adapt to those new people coming in and and the new music coming in and the new areas that we have to go. It's all about innovation. That is every company, Main Street USA. If you do not grow, if you do not change, if you are not nimble and your eyes aren't open and you're not flexible, you're gone. You're gone. Period, right? Not just the music industry. There couldn't be any more wisdom than that that I could spit out and make any sense. <laughs> Absolutely. So I love you. JG, what are you thinking? You're really quiet tonight. <clears throat> I have a little bit of a sore throat. Do you really? Mm-hmm. I'll ask you a question. What's, what was one of your favorite groups growing up? ELO. The Electric Light Orchestra. Wow. You got it. So you were probably an Ario Speedwagon fan. Yes, I was. Uh, Stephen Wolf. Yes. Oh, I'm going to go. Keep to it Ze- going. I'm going to go a little deeper with Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. Uh, not as much. I was a Pink Floyd fan. I was yeah. a Pink. Floyd I have fan. the Dark Side of the Moon uh, poster still in my office. I today. have a shirt, but, and I went uh, through four vinyls of that because I played yeah. it so much. What I used to do is come home from the club at six or seven in the morning. Yeah. Not in the best of physical conditions, <laughs> and I would put on headphones and listen to the whole Pink Floyd album until I fell asleep. Really? Yeah, and that was my, I guess, modus operandi back then. <laughs> Interesting. And that and eating at White Castle at six in the morning yes, when, when it tasted gourmet, and then the next morning it wasn't gourmet anymore. <laughs> Remember those days? I don't know. Bar. I grew I up still hanging those out. Days. Bowl- <laughs> I grew up hanging out. Yeah, Lindbrook. Belly White Bombers, Castle's right there. Wait a minute. You go yeah. to White Castle in Lindbrook? <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. Or, find you me just there. told 13 million people that are listening. What do you say? Three. It's three million. Is that the one on the Sunrise <clears throat> Highway? Yes, yes it, it is. There. <laughs> you ate at White Castle in Lindbrook? Sometimes you know, I go to the one on Bell Boulevard and Northern Boulevard in Bayside. JG, all your secrets come out. You know, I grew up in Valley stream oh but oh and i h- grew up hanging out in the green acres bowling alley do you remember that is it uh, yes okay the that was movie theater. Uh, all there you go. nine of them uh, oh yeah well even before there were those nine movie theaters or whatever green acres was one flat single um level mall and there was the green acres bowling alley and that's where you could find me, listening to music on the jukebox. No joke. <laughs> I know it sounds so old, but music was a huge part of my life. Love to dance. Love to dance. And yet, I'm going to cough now because I'm getting so emotional. Today, if you look at the music, what do you think is different? That anybody can go in their basement with some <laughs> new tech gadget and think that they can be creative and because there's so many platforms out there for you to do it on your own, to do yeah. the self thing, that I'm going to use the word filter again. It, it filters, uh, it, it, it demands that you filter yes. the crap from the good stuff because now there's so much of it. Um, I was recently at a seminar where somebody said that today there's just a lot of bad records out there. And I said there were a lot of bad records out back then, but they didn't have yeah, any no, platforms right. to expose them, so we didn't know about them. Right. And uh-huh. now you hear everything everywhere. and. Again, some unprofessional guy sitting in his basement with a Casio machine can yeah. make just about any record. So it kind of filters the quality down. So I have a question. So chips are down. I mean, you've probably been in situations where things aren't going right the way they're the way you thought they would go. Just not feeling great about it. Chips are down. What wisdoms do you have, or can you share about times when 
you know, things weren't going right for you, but you'd either had the belief, the passion and dedication, or you look to somebody for advice, counseling perspective, chips are down. Well, Share in the, in the music industry, it's a simple answer. Um, because records come and go. So there's always going to be another record. So you can't take anything too personal when things don't work out okay. as much as you can't take too much credit when things do work out. So mm. you just go on to the next record. There's always that Tuesday. The, in the music industry, it's Tuesday to Tuesday. Tuesday's the ad day for radio stations. Ampere puts in new music on Tuesday. So we beat them up from the prior Tuesday to the next Tuesday. <laughs> and, and remember, there's 40, 50 records out every week and only oh, slots funny. for two or three. Right. So you're fighting for those slots. So there's always another week to try to go and get the other ones done. But people in the music industry sometimes want that instant gratification and they want it right away and right now. I've learned to, to live with an even keel. I take the good with the bad. And I expect my clients to do exactly the same thing. Not every record is going to pan out. There are records that I loved that never made it, and there are records that I hated that did very well. So, But my batting average is pretty good. In yeah. the Hall of Fame, three out of ten gets you into the Hall of Fame, right, baseball? Yeah, there you go. In the music industry, you're lucky one out of a hundred work. Wow. So you have so, to be pretty humble, too. Yeah, pretty hard. I mean, can't take criticism too seriously in the music industry. Everybody thinks their record is great. I'm the harshest critic you'll ever meet. I don't care if you're married to my sister. I don't care if you're married to my daughter. If your record sucks, it still sucks. <laughs> and if you have a lot of Say money, it like it and is. if you have a lot of money and you want to throw it in, you can spend that money, but your record still sucks. <laughs> That's why. Could, could it's honesty. You're real, real, pure, raw, and real. That's what we love about Pure, you. Pure, raw, and real. So do you Izzy think, Sanchez. Just one last question, Izzy. Do you think you could ever work for somebody else? No, never. <laughs> that was fast. Uh, my f- nobody could put he's a price an entrepreneur. On, he's on an entrepreneur. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. And yeah. once you own your own business, I think it was Malcolm Forbes that says, "You're unemployable. Uh, you, don't, you don't know what it is to own a business until you have to meet payroll." And that's one <laughs> of my. I have to meet payroll. I have a staff. Yeah. I have bills, so I have to do billing. So it keeps me going, and I don't take criticism any different than I take gratification. Sure. Interesting. You're unemployable, D. I'm unemployable? Sure. Total How entrepreneur. So? Very hard for you to go back to work in the corporate life, taking orders. Yeah. No, that's not for you. No. You're I'm, I'm too to, creative, yeah. motivational. That's You're the freedom always, that I was talking about. Yeah. You, can't, you can't put a price on that. No. Um, I get paid very handsomely to do stuff for people, whether, like I said, whether sure. it pans out or not. Doesn't matter. To me, the freedom that I have to do what I need to do. And if it doesn't work, I just go on to the next party. There's not much I can do. I'm I'm a career maker, not just a record worker. Yeah. Mm. So when, Makes when a you, lot when of you sense. you deal with a, a person like Aaliyah who's starting at 14 and you see the promise that she had to be the next Janet Jackson, unfortunately it was cut short due to an untimely death. But, you know, you get you have some pride in knowing that you started with her at 14. And by the time she's 18, she's a movie star. She's doing hit records everywhere. Yeah. So, and by the, again, by the same token, I, I have yes. some records that I worked that didn't do too well. It is what it is, unfortunately. You know what? Anything that costs you your peace of mind is way too expensive. So live your life. Enjoy it. Do what you, you're passionate about. And I think you even posted on Gut Wisdom uh, a picture the other day about doing what you love, right? So... For sure, for sure. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Wonderful. Pleasure. Great opportunity to get your wisdoms and share the insights of uh, the music industry because, you know what, the lessons are 
are universal. It doesn't matter whether it's in the music business or whether you're in the finance business. I hear the really film matter. industry and TV are not that much less cutthroat than the music industry. So <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd like to see how that works in comparison. Well, let me share with everybody a couple of things. You know, if you're tired of being tired, uh, if you're waking up feeling you know, like you haven't gotten a good night's sleep in the morning. And uh, I try to get now seven to eight hours a night. And quite frankly, it's great. Now that I saw Dr. Gelb and his team of experts, uh, I am sleeping better than I've ever slept before. And I will share, I'm not moody anymore. I'm not cranky. And uh, I think everybody that knows someone who either snores or doesn't sleep well, who's not rejuvenated, you should definitely check out Dr. Michael Gelb and his team at the Gelb Center here in New York City. They will evaluate your sleeping issues and put together, uh, for lack of a better word, a comprehensive game plan that's personalized to guide you with the best sleep and wellness that you've ever experienced. And we had even last week when he was on the show, we had uh, Kenya, who's our executive producer, share a little bit about what, what happened when she saw him and the value that it's brought to her in terms of getting up more energized and more rejuvenated. So listeners, if you want to know more about it, please email Deirdre at dkcutwisdom.com. And not only that, we have two gifts for you. One is an e-copy of Dr. Gelb's book, Gasp, Airway Health, The Hidden Path to Wellness. And if you're one of the first of five to email her, you'll get a Gut Wisdom discounted consultation with Dr. Gelb for you or a family member. Uh, I also want to remind all of our listeners, if if you've missed any part of the beginning of tonight's show, you can always download the show, uh, listen to it either from our website or go to iTunes, download the podcast, or even on Play.it. So we have a lot of different ways that you can listen. Summer special, you know, it is the holiday week, and I want to give it away one last time. If you email Deirdre, she will give you a choice of choosing one of the books, either our latest book coming up, Mastering Leadership for Life, or Drama, How to Live a Drama-Free Life. I can tell you're sleeping better. You have on a nice pink shirt. Thank you. (laughs) So thank you all, and we'll catch you next week on Gut Wisdom. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880, sponsored by the Gelb Center. Don't lose another night's sleep. Visit the sleep and wellness experts at gelbcenter.com. Gut Wisdom comes your way every Saturday night at 7 p.m. on WCBS 880 or anytime at gutwisdom.com. That's wisdom spelled with a Z.